0: Well, a little more than two weeks away now from kickoff for really what is the world's biggest sporting event. It's the World Cup of Soccer. Canada's taking part for the first time since 1986, so lots of excitement about that. But this year's tournament, held in the fall because it was too hot in host country Qatar to hold it during the usual summer months, approaches with quite the dark cloud hovering over it, though. To be fair, it was controversial from the get-go when FIFA, soccer's governing body, awarded the 2022 tournament to the energy-rich tiny emirate on the Persian Gulf Coast, ordering or bordering Saudi Arabia back in 2010. Uh, There is next to no political freedom in that country. Its record on human rights is pretty dismal, including treatment of women in the LGBTQ LGBTQ community. Uh, Homosexuality there is illegal. And to top it all off, the glitter of the World Cup was meant to sweep some of that under the rug at least, but instead the many billions they spent on building what was needed to play host, has exposed even more problems, much of it surrounding treatment of migrant workers who did all the heavy lifting uh, and paid a significant price for it with their lives in many cases or in some cases. So today, uh, no surprise, reports that FIFA sent a letter to participating nations, no doubt Canada was included, asking them to focus on the sport rather rather than Qatar's human rights record.
1: FIFA writing in a letter, quote, Please do not allow football to be dragged into every ideological or political battle that exists, end quote. This comes as FIFA has faced criticism for deciding to hold the tournament in Qatar, where being gay is considered a crime, and where there have also been concerns for women's rights and the condition of migrant workers who built the facilities that will be used during the World Cup. Just last week, Australia's team released a video calling for a migrant worker centre, a worker compensation fund, and the decriminalisation of homosexuality. The World Cup begins November 20th. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk.
0: So, FIFA, as always, wants silence. Cutter's rulers call it, or ruler calls it, unreserved or undeserved slander. What's going on? Human rights group call it much needed sunlight. So, silence, slander, and sunlight. They also say, by the way, that Canada could be to Soccer Canada specifically could be doing more to call out problems in Qatar. Joining me now is Michael Page. He's Deputy Director for the Middle East at Human Rights Watch, and he joins us from New York. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Ben.
0: You know, I was in London. I remember when this was announced. It was announced that, of course, Russia and uh, Qatar had been given the World Cups. I think there was a lot of surprise at the time. There was certainly a lot of concern about human rights. Uh, I imagine that as we now approach the 2022 World Cup, that a lot of those concerns were well-founded.
1: Yeah, those concerns were were justified. And, And Ben, if we can just zoom in, what is the concern exactly? Is that when Qatar was awarded the World Cup by FIFA in 2010, there were two things that were incredibly well known there was one, a massive infrastructure deficit that needed to be addressed and built, right? The hotels, the expanding the metro rails, airport, everything that you need to host a a mega tournament in which there are something like 1.2 million expected visitors to come right. to Qatar. In a and small place. Two, yeah, in a small yeah, place. Yeah, right. for a small place, right? 2026 yeah. is hosted yeah. in over, over numerous cities in three different countries, right? right. Canada, US and Mexico. So, you know, you have this massive infrastructure deficit and they There, more importantly, there were no labor conditions that were fundamentally in place to protect migrant workers from the serious abuses they ended up facing. And like that can be very simply summarized as very serious and widespread wage abuses in which employers kind of steal money from workers thousands of unexplained deaths and this is a country where in the summertime right temperatures can reach something like 42 celsius in in july or even hotter and that's incredibly difficult for people to work in incredibly dangerous especially when there are insufficient protections i mean that's why the world cup is being hosted now and then, you know, this the kind of fact that many people are also paying these massive recruitment fees in which they're essentially paying to work in qatar. And so that leaves them in debt and also leaves them with even less choice. And so all of this is happening within what's called the Kafala system. It's a sponsorship system, or it's sponsor it means sponsorship, and it's a labor governance system that gives employers incredible power vis-a-vis migrant workers. And so all of that, all of that was the reality. FIFA did not make those conditions incumbent on Qatar, all these abuses followed. And while there have been some reforms and some promising ones in the past few years, that really doesn't address all the very serious past abuses that have occurred since 2010.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, what one imagines, and if anyone's ever been to the Gulf states, one understands how the system works. I mean, labor there is uh, both plentiful and inexpensive. Labor rights are few, if any. Um, but when one, one turns on the World Cup starting on November the 20th and sees all these gleaming new stadiums and sparkling new roads and all the different infrastructure that's put, put up, I mean, one of the big issues, of course, has been this question of deaths because the the, the Qataris, of course, completely dispute the number. Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, from the other side, there's been a lot of investigations into just how many deaths there were. And as you mentioned, it was in the thousands of, of laborers died over the decade that it took or more that it took to build all this stuff.
1: That's right. I mean, fundamentally, we don't know exactly how many deaths there have been of of migrant workers. And the reason we don't is because Qatar authorities have fundamentally failed to investigate deaths of of migrant workers, right? A large percentage of deaths are classified as essentially unexplained or or due to natural causes. There's like multiple reasons for it, but there's two very important ones to keep in mind is that number one is that there is an incentive in place for employers to categorize a death as unexplained, right? Someone dies in their sleep, et cetera. That could be because of the serious effects of heat that we know, uh, affect the human body, cardiac arrest, kidney failure, etc. But if in, if it's categorized as unexplained, then the employer is not on the hook for compensating in the same way that they need to to the families you know, of migrant workers. right? And number two is, I'm sure, Qatari authorities were rightfully concerned that this could be a huge issue of credibility if there really were comprehensive and disaggregated statistics around the many migrant workers that have died and so it's really been a fundamental failure of political will on the Qatari side to push for investigations because I think they were worried what would come of it so we do have some statistics we do have some numbers but fundamentally we don't have a clear picture of how terrible it actually is because Qatari authorities have have really stopped that from from being possible.
0: It was funny, I was reading earlier um this week that uh sheikh Hamad, uh, or al sheikh altani rather in, in 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 Qatar has been saying that no other country's ever been targeted this way this unprecedented campaign that the host country has suffered um How do you explain it to an audience that may or may not like that may or may not be paying much attention beyond the football the soccer uh, how do you explain why they should be, care about this stuff why it matters that a host country uh can be seen to be getting away with with labor with labor rights abuses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, I want to address part of this point is that you 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 rightfully point out that I think particularly in in recent weeks, custody authorities and public statements have been increasingly on the defensive, right? Even accusing criticism of uh, having racist motivations. And I think there's a few things to say. Is that number one. You know, a number of human rights organizations were also harshly critical of past World Cup hosts, including, for instance, Russia in 2018 mm-hmm. or Brazil uh, before them. And those critiques included the very serious labor abuses. However, right, like the, the level and magnitude of abuses in Qatar is notable, Right. I mean, there are something like over two million migrant workers or 90 percent of the of the workforce. They have built a massive amount of infrastructure. Custody authorities have said it's something like two hundred and twenty billion dollars worth of investment that they've that they put in in a system where there have been very few protections for them. And that those protections even recently, you know, have, have been still partial, too little, too late, have major gaps that exist. It's it's just been a huge problem. So I think the reason that that there's so much criticism now and it's resonating is that it's connected to us as fans. Like I, I enjoy watching the World Cup. I have a whole kind of childhood uh, yeah. of watching like a famous famous uh, events and missed penalty kicks. You know, by oh yeah, the heartbreak you know, of the World certain, Cup by yeah. certain teams, yeah. right? But 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 I think in this one we're very conscious of just how connected I am from watching to sponsors making money and profiting off these games to an in, you know often featuring an infrastructure that has been built off of either migrant workers having their wages on them
0: or dying from it it makes people incredibly uncomfortable it's done i mean everything's built right so what's done is done what sort of message do you think the world community now needs to send, and the sporting community needs to send organizations like FIFA about the future, about where these games, where these sorts of huge competitions should be held.
1: Absolutely, it's a it's a great question, Ben. I think we can break it down in two ways. Like what. What still remains to be done now? What's in our power to do? And I think one of the kind of core fundamental issues we need to keep in mind is, is that this is not just a Qatari government problem. FIFA as the global kind of global football body or international soccer body governing the sport, they chose for Qatar to host this knowing what they knowing what they knew they had business and human rights responsibilities to protect migrant workers you know that that were going to build the, this world cup and they have kind of massively failed to to protect them and so one of the demands from human rights organizations from labor groups from uh, migrant workers themselves is to establish a remedy fund, essentially a compensation fund for migrant workers who face the most serious abuses building the World Cup. And I have to say it's that there has been a kind of a mix of, you could say, positive or negative in terms of senior figure support for such a thing. But I think there has been a lot of positive. It is not without consequence when people in the football industry speak out on rights abuses. But we've had a number of kind of former footballers have said on record that they support a compensation fund for, for migrant workers, as well as a number of other football associations, the Germans, the Belgians. The UK, the US. And I want to say for your audience, I think it's been disappointing that uh, the Canadian Soccer Association has not really supported in the strongest terms that they can a remedy fund for migrant workers. And it's something that we hope you know, is something that they changed their minds and they have a statement kind of alluding to abuses and they support workers' rights, but they have not made a, a public commitment to. And so I think that's in part what we hope for many people who are as part of the football industry, is that they should be on record for kind of addressing the abuses that we can still address now. I think for the future, I really hope that FIFA and other entities within the football industry take their human rights responsibility seriously when they choose the next host of the World Cup. So 2026, it's Canada, US, Mexico. But what happens after, right? Saudi Arabia, for instance, is part of that bid. Are the very serious human rights concerns when there's a bid that uh, involves Saudi Arabia going to be, you know, critically assessed for a future bid? I, I hope
0: so. Um, will you be watching? I mean, all I, Canada's playing, so I feel like feel like I'll be watching it at the same time. You're like, wow, you know, I saw that the city of Barcelona is not going to show games publicly. Like there is, there is a bit of a, a bit of a bitter taste heading into this one.
1: I feel very conflicted wanting to watch it enjoying the, the U S the U S team is in it. And I'm American. I'm, you know, I cheer my team on despite, despite a history of, uh, you know, at least a history of youth of, of regular disappointment,
0: but yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Right, and so uh, I I I end very conflicted about about uh, my role as just a, a spectator and fan.
0: Michael Page, thank you so much. Thank
1: you so much, Ben.